0: Thanks for listening to the Pioneer Valley Church podcast. Our hope is that what you hear encourages your faith in the way of Jesus and inspires you to participate in what God is up to in the world. God bless. You know, new community is less about doing something new or starting something new. And it's more about taking part and participating in what's already been started. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, What's already been started, this new community of humanity that's meant to reflect the image of God, the church, the community of the church. And uh, one of the things we did on Wednesday, for those of you guys who were there, we built this timeline right here, this beautiful work of art that is the timeline of the church. And this story, this timeline tells the story of almost 30 years of the church. And so if you weren't there, we had yellow notes kind of, you know, symbolizing when people arrived and uh, red notes or hot pink notes. Those are the closest I could get to red. Hot pink notes that, that symbolize, you know, moments where we saw God doing great things. Blue notes are kind of the, the times of loss or sadness or grief amongst the community. And then all the green notes were kind of where, where do we see God still at work? Where are we hoping to see God go Uh, But we began this process of of discovering how do we participate in what God is already doing? How have we participated in what God is already doing? And how will we continue to do that? And where do we see God? And so we're in this discovery process as a community. Somebody came up and asked me, um, which a lot of people have asked me in different ways. So what's the plan? (laughs) And I'm like, actually, we're going to figure that out together. Right? And so this is kind of a first pass at some of this stuff, because, because uh, God works in us and through us and among us, right? Uh, and that's what we're talking today about, God in us. Uh, we need to hear from God, but God will not come to us through any one leader, that's right? right? Yeah. right? Yeah. That's not how God works, yeah. right? But God will come to us through the body of Christ through his word, through the way of Jesus lived out together, and through the Spirit's work in that community. That's what we're after. It was so encouraging to see, you know, uh, different people get up and share about the dreams for the future, and to know that this is a community of faith that really believes God is up to something, and he's going to continue to be up to something, and we want to be a part of whatever that is. And so many people talked about, you know, you know, young and old. The older generation of folks here and the younger generation talked about what they're seeing in the teen ministry and in the singles ministry and in the campus ministry. Uh, people talked about the Latino ministry and where God is moving and just imagining. Yes. God's up to something new. It is still good news. It's ongoing good news. And we've got to take part in it. And We get to take part in it. Uh, One of the most important practices I believe we must gain in this idea of, oh, thank you, in this idea of discovering what God is up to is the practice of listening. Listening. Um, And listening well. The Bible and the earliest followers of Jesus had this saying that they would would tell each other. And it was, be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. And this is especially hard today, right? Especially and in all of our world of noise, there's this place in Washington, um, it's, it's called the quietest room on earth. And I can't remember the exact name of it, but it actually, there was another quietest room in I think Minneapolis, and this room outdid that room. It got even quieter. It's the quietest space on earth, the scientists developed it, and essentially you go in there and it's, it's negative decimals. You can't hear anything. But what you hear is your body, your heart. You hear the blood moving through your body, right? You hear when you move your neck, you hear that, you know, you hear that, right? You, yeah, we, see, we hear that even now. We're like, yeah, I feel that. Um, you hear those things, right? The longest anybody has made it in the quiet room is 55 minutes. Because it's too much. Many people can't even get that. Right? A lot of them are just a few minutes because the noise is deafening of even just their body. And actually, they start to lose equilibrium because there's no echo coming. Their, their spatial senses start to get lost. Right? So they start losing. It's really bizarre. But this idea of just being still, being quiet, listening, actively participating in a listening practice, it's hard for us. Right? It's challenging. There was a time not long ago this wild thing existed. It was called boredom. Do you guys remember that? Does anybody remember boredom? It was a long time ago. Um, it was a time when, when you didn't have the internet, right? You didn't have smartphones that access all the time, right? And if you weren't close to a TV or a radio or another person or a book or something, you had nothing to do just to sit and be still and be with your thoughts. And it was called boredom, right? Um, we have filled every inch of our day now with something. We wake up with our devices. We go to sleep with our devices, right? It's the last thing we're looking at. It's the first thing we wake up to look at. We put the podcast in on the way to work. We spend all day on devices or working, right? Four to six hours per day, the average uh, American spends on their cell phone, their smartphone, not talking to people, scrolling, texting, streaming, gaming, etc. cetera. Right? We are constantly filling our time with noise. When's the last time you sat through a dinner and didn't have your phone out? <laughs> Notice it's the older voices in the room saying every day. And this, you know, putting your phone on its face doesn't count, right? Like putting your phone on its face <laughs> on the table. When's the last time you sat through a movie without check being someplace else at the same time, right? Like we're just constantly, in the attention economy, your senses are the market shares, right? It's what people are after. Right. What does all of this have to do with community? My point is to actively listen, to take others in, to give others your full attention, to give God your full attention, it takes work. There's a formation that has happened, From 2000 to present, uh, there was a research study that said that our ability to give our attention went from 12 seconds to 8 seconds. You're like, well, 12 to 8 isn't that bad, right? Like, we still got 8 seconds. That's above half. We're doing okay, right? A goldfish has an attention span of 9 seconds. So we're just a little bit below a goldfish right now, and the average ability to give our attention to sit and listen, to give to others in that way. And this is an incredibly important thing for us to gain in the formation of this community. Yeah. We spoke last week about the just several century cultural formation that's happened for people, right? This kind of individualist, consumerist kind of way of identifying ourselves as the dominant imagination of our humanity. Um, but because this perspective uh, has, has just saturated us. It's the water we swim in. We, we really need to push back against it intentionally. And so what we're going to do today, after I, I talk a little bit more and read a scripture, we're going to have a practice of active listening. Okay. Right? And we're going to do that together with each other. And all the introverts in the room right now are panicking, and I am with you. It's going to be okay. You're going to be all right, I promise. Right? But we're going to have some time to engage with one another, try to offer our attention to each other. Because if we're going to be a people who participate in the story that God is up to, then we have to be able to pay attention to what He's up to. And if God is going to work among us and in us and through us, we have to be able to give one another our attention, to be quick to listen, to have room in our lives to offer that to Him and to others that He's working through. Are you with me right there? Because we are people who have gathered to understand the story of God to see the story of God and to imagine the story of God as we participate in it. We are in very big trouble if we stop paying attention to what God's up to. Like we run into the danger of just kind of religious Christian management. If, if we, we become too established, right, we, where we've seen it all, heard that sermon before, been through that before. Yeah, I know how that goes. Did that a few years ago. Are you with me? It's already happened. It's already been accomplished. The greatest stories are behind us. Man, that's a dangerous place to be. God, like any good relationship, like any good marriage, right? God, as you, as you keep seeking His face, like we talked about today, as you keep seeking His face, He keeps unveiling more. He keeps revealing his, Himself to you more. He keeps giving and displaying and and showing you where the story is still, surprising you with where the story still has yet to go. But that takes giving your attention, Mm -hmm. right? We can't think that we figured it out or that we figured God out. I love this quote by uh, Richard Rohr. Rohr. He says this. I almost roared his last name. Richard Rohr. He says, remember, mystery isn't something that you cannot understand. It's something that you can endlessly understand. There's no point at which you can say, I've got it. Always and forever, mystery gets you. And as you seek God, who is a mystery, who is beyond our thoughts, beyond our ways. If, is there, if we serve a God who is really more like us, that we can fully understand we're in trouble. right? Because what we're, what we're really serving is a higher ideal of ourselves. A God who agrees with our perspectives on all things socially you know are you with me right there yeah. like God agrees with all of my practices and all of the, he's with me you No, know, God is bigger than any of us there's a mystery to unfold he's got a story that is up to something it's expansive and dynamic and bigger than we have imagined and we've got to have attention to give to him and to give to others to discover that picking up my notes because it's been one of those weeks. And so to understand God a little bit more, to understand this mystery, to sit comfortably under this mystery a little longer, we have to learn to listen. And to that end, the Bible doesn't offer theories or like strategies. Here's three best practices. Like the Bible doesn't do that anywhere, right? What the Bible does is it tells stories. It helps us to imagine something, to bring us into a narrative. Rondi and Jennifer came over, and I can't remember all the facts of Rondi's life, but I could retell some of the stories he told me. Why? Because we're imaginative narrative creatures. We love to tell stories. We love to hear stories. They help capture us. And when a story captures our imagination, what does it do for us? it reshapes how we start behaving in the world. Mm-hmm. This is what we're after, the story of God to reshape us. And so today we're going to do this practice and we're not going to practice on we're not going to sit in scripture that has to do with theory. In fact, very little scripture has to do with theory. Theory has a way of shrinking down things. Yeah. Right? Shrinking down our understanding into very small definitions. Stories have a way of broadening Like a good story, you can read over and over and over, and you just keep getting new things out of it, right? You read the same parables for 30 years, and they just keep giving meaning. You're like, I never even thought about that, right? Genesis 1, it's one of those stories. Just keep reading. You're like, oh my gosh, there's so much in these few verses. Good stories help expand the meaning of things. That's what we're after. So we're going to read a story today. John chapter 13. Um, and before we do, I want to explain what we're going to do so that you can be prepared for the, the participation part of this, right. okay? So we're going to read this story. We're going to actively listen to the Scriptures. But what we're going to do is we're going to be asking ourselves these questions. What surprises me as I read this story? What, what disrupts my view of things? I think about things this way. This is kind of troubling to me. What do I notice? Now, you don't have to answer all those questions, but that's the idea, right, as we read through this. You're thinking about what's God saying in this? What disrupts my view of things? What surprises me? And then, this is the participation part, with somebody right next to you, you're going to share that one thing with them. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of us in here, and we don't have a ton of time, and it's being live streamed, so it'll get awkward if we take too much time. But, (laughs) you're going to take about just a minute each to share that with each other. Here's the active listening part. You're going to listen and not interrupt. Not, "Oh, yeah, I love that too." And you know what has happened to me last week? And no, you're just going to listen, give them your full attention, and to be prepared to host them by sharing what they say to the rest of us. Are you with me right there? You're going to share on behalf of those who share with you. So this is a place where we offer ourselves to others in active listening, right? We are hosted then by others as they share on our behalf. This is a practice called dwelling. I got to do this with a small group yesterday. I'm going to do it with another small group this afternoon. You're going to see this practice over and over and over in all kinds of different ways in our time here because it is a practice that is going to help reshape us against the world's formation to be better at listening. And man, if we want to be the new community, the people who bear the image of God, we have got to be quick to listen. Are you with me? Okay, so we're going to read, and then I'll walk you through it one more time. I'll give you a few seconds of silence to think about what sits with you, and I'll kind of walk us through the practice. Ready? John chapter 13. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped the towel around his waist. After that, he poured the water into the basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that he was wrapped around him, that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, A person who has had, his, has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And this is why he said, Not every one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. We'll take a moment of silence here just to kind of reflect what disrupted your view of things, what surprised you, what did you notice. Just one thing. And I want you to find a reasonably friendly-looking face (laughs) and share just one thing in about less than a minute or so that stood out to you. And we're going to actively listen and we're going to go back and forth with that. Sound good? And then I'll pull us back together. Okay, go for it. All right, get your last greatest insight in. Okay, now, if I can get your attention back here just for a moment. Um, So what should have just happened was you should have offered some active listening to someone who shared what they noticed. They to you, right? Now what we're going to do is we're going to take a few brave volunteers who are willing to, on behalf of the person who shared for them, to share with all of us what stood out to them. And we'll have some mics that go around to do that. So we've got a few folks with microphones to make that happen. So are we, we, uh, do we have any brave volunteers? Okay, yes, please. But we're going to hand you a mic and you'll share on behalf of.
1: Okay, so I'm sharing on behalf of Patty. And what her great insight was, was from verse 17 that says, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them, that it's active. And it's not the things that he did weren't like these great things getting up there and leading or whatever. It was truly a humble act that he did. So it was active humility that we need
0: to be great. practicing. Great. Thank you. Yes, in the back there.
1: <laughs> um, I want to share on behalf of what Bruce said and... He referred to the um, the scripture where um, he gets down, Jesus gets down and starts washing at everyone's feet, and he tells them that um, you won't understand this now, but you'll understand mm-hmm. it later. And Bruce was expressing that Jesus is always teaching; he yes. was always teaching us, and even if we don't understand it now, in time we will understand
0: it. I love that. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, Thomas, back there. Well, Bobby shared that uh, Jesus basically took what we call the one-down position, where he would became a servant to everybody else, even though he had the right to be master and teacher and lord. He said, you know, even though I have done this for you, yeah. he's like, um, you know, he 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 um, so humbled himself in a way that to to the point of being a slave. Yeah. It was only the slave washed the nasty, dirty feet. Yeah. Even the servants didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Thank so you. That was what Bobby shared. How about in the fireside room? Anybody back there have something to share? Yeah.
1: I'm sharing on behalf of Melva, and she shared that Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, mm. but he still, you know, went to serve him, even though he knew what was going to happen.
0: Yes. Yeah, powerful. Maybe one or two more. Anybody else? Yeah. I'm going to share on behalf of Charles, and uh, he raised an interesting uh, concern. So here's how he looked at it. So the blessing is, is if you do it. Well... You know what happens if you don't do it? You know, are you not blessed? And um, my thought on that, actually, for Charles, was that, um, yeah, it's an interesting thought. Like, would you be foregoing hmm. what is it what, that you're missing? Actually, the blessing that you're gonna miss if you don't do it. So that's I great. don't know if that's how you're thinking about Thank it. Thank you. But yeah, it was an interesting. You, were you, oh, sorry. Were you raising your hand too, Randy? No, I wasn't. I was okay. Saying point. Oh, okay. Oh, someone back here. Yeah
1: hi so um wait um uh, I'm speaking of uh, tiger, and I would say um about about um peter when how he switches when jesus yeah. um tell him if unless I wash you, right. you' will not be part of me, yeah. so I feel like um I feel like how he switches is like, um, I feel like he was shocked. I don't know, Peter was kind of shocked because um, when he said, oh, then wash all of me, yeah. because he he probably thought like, oh, then if if I don't let him wash me, then he will probably not accept me at all. I, don't, I feel like that's what Peter felt yeah. in that way, but... Yeah. and Yeah, it's on it's on verse verse uh, 09, but that's what um uh, we th- we thought about it. Thank you. It.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Anybody else? One more maybe? Yeah, here in the middle. Maria? Do I need a mic? I you don't do know. Do. My name's Maria.
1: Um <laughs> total type A personality. I was um getting impatient with Michelle, who was struggling to find something because she's read it so many times. Yeah. She's contemplated it a million times. Yeah. It was hard for her to find something new. And I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come yeah. on. One minute. So I was feeling that time pressure. Um, she said, John 13, 10, Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. Mm. And she was wondering, do the folks know who they are who are not clean, and then she sort of got into this sort of introspective place of, like, have I contemplated that scripture? Have I thought about that aspect? And then I was like, that was really deep. I need to listen way more than I do.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so hopefully we're starting to get the idea. The idea is that when we can offer our attention to listen, God starts to unveil the story. Are you with me? But if we're not listening, if we're not willing to give our attention, if there's so much that we've crammed into our, our lives and we can't offer hospitality to host one another with attention, we're going to miss the story of God. And stories keep giving meaning, right? How many of us have read this story? Thousands of times maybe. But yet we're hearing new things. It keeps helping us imagine more. This is what we're after in the story of God. And hopefully you're learning through this. We're going to do this in many different ways and many different times and spaces to have this kind of a dwelling practice. But the stories, again, as narrative creatures, the stories help then inform our behavior. And that, that's where the real money is, right? Then we start to stand as a witness, not just in what we believe, not just in what we can rationally argue with people, but in how we behave towards one another. My kids watched Karate Kid for the first time a couple weeks ago. (laughs) You've seen if you see Jude if he, Jude finds any kind of standing post he'll immediately go into crane kick. And uh, just a quick warning to parents: the first Karate Kid, which of course that's what we watched. Um, and you know, in the 80s, I think they were experimenting with rating systems. And uh, Daniel has a few four-letter words he's thrown out there throughout the throughout the movie. So just a warning to you as parents. But um, but we watched that movie. And, uh, and, and then immediately, what do my kids start doing? Karate. They just start attacking each other, right? And they're practicing, and they're, tra- and they're in the living room, and they're just going at each other. Why? Because a story helped them imagine how to behave. If I would have sat down with them and told them the history of karate and all of the origins about where it came from and the facts and how it's better, how it compares to other martial art practices, and I don't know that I would have got the same thing out of them, right? right. We need stories. We need stories in our lives. We need narrative to help us to imagine, to help us how we may then participate, how we may behave in the story. 1 John chapter 4, Whoops. verse 7. He says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. For our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. Let that rattle your brain for a little bit. Have some quiet times on that one for a little while. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. And His love is made complete in us. We need the story of God displayed in our lives. Mm -hmm. We need the story of God reinterpreted and retold over and over in our community in order for us to imagine what God is still up to. And the way that story is retold over and over is through our love for one another. Mm -hmm. It's through what happens outside of Sunday morning. Try explaining love in a theory, Mm -hmm. boiling it down to a few definitions. You can't, but when you experience love, you know it, right? Right? Try explaining God in a theory to somebody. You can't, but when people experience God through the love of a community, they know it. Mm -hmm. I think one practice we can embrace is the practice of hospitality, simple thing, to have someone, to host someone, to offer them space, to offer particularly the other space, to give our attention. Maybe it's a meal at our home, right, where we sit with somebody, we have someone in, and we offer them our, ourselves, our meal, our food, our dinner table, our attention. Maybe it's a conversation in fellowship, but we start to see ourselves now as displaying what God does, who comes and offers himself. Mm-hmm. And we're loving one another. We're listening. Will you see God this week? It depends on if you're paying attention. It depends on if you're paying attention, not just to the Bible study that you have, which I'm sure you do, not just to the podcast that you listen to, which I'm sure you do, not just to the sermon, but are you going to see God through the people in your life as you love one another, as you retell the story of the cross through sacrificial love, as you retell and display the story of the resurrection through life-giving service to one another, as you retell the story of what God's up to. Let's discover what God's up to. I love seeing all the green Post-its over there. I was surprised that all the Post-its made it through the, you know, a couple of days and they stuck to the wall. But there they are, right? And I, what I love about this is we see the story of God woven through the last, you know, 32 years or whatever it was. Sorry, 28 years. I can't do my math right. 28 years, 27 years. You'll figure it out later. Um, <laughs> homeschooled. The... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I was, but I, it's okay. Um, the, what I love about this is the, the green stickers begin to start emerging, right? They start to emerge, and then what you see is it almost forms like an arrow. Do you see that? None of us planned on seeing that, right? But it starts to kind of form this thing where now what's going forward is all these imaginative things about the future imaginative things about where God is going to take us, where his story is leading us. Let's discover that story. Let's see what God's up to. Let's let's participate in the story that he tells. Let's let it shape and reshape who we are and how we behave in the world, just as Jesus taught us to, so that we too can be blessed. Amen. Amen.